Okay, we're good to go. Okay. We're recording. <clears throat> I have a motive, moment of silence, so meditative. You know, when we were preparing for this episode, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, and this I think has come up often when we talk about queer aesthetic, is why is it so closely connected to sexuality, mm-hmm. right? And I think you just touched on such an uh, important part of it, is that comfort and connection, mm-hmm. right? That you can find comfort in something that you connect to other people with, and that yeah. can joy can kind of be that like identification marker often they sh- it shouldn't be connected right i mean i who's this beautiful man on instagram that has like the most amazing body picked bald head and wears heels and like pencil skirts every day mark something the architect right i forgot <laughs> yeah, his name me, we'll yeah. we'll post yeah. it we'll yeah, post he's it he's been i mean he's, oh, he's all over my feet because i think he's glorious and mm. i think also a lot of the icons from like the advanced style moments mm-hmm. i mean there is no reason what you put on your body should say anything about your sexual orientation. But our society is really obsessed with sex and really closeted about that obsession. So they insist on it's projecting right, and connecting yeah. the two. So I get, actually, the documentary I was going to... Um, recommend was called the celluloid closet celluloid Mm -hmm. is like the material Mm -hmm. film was made on Mm -hmm. and it kind of talks about um queer representation in films and how queerness was portrayed on this uh trajectory Mm -hmm. and they interviewed you know like the most like the cast from la caja fall and Mm -hmm. like you know just the most iconic movies and it was just kind of saying that like And I think this happened with a lot of other representation, not just queer representation. Mm -hmm. I think many trajectories getting general society comfortable with something started with humor. So like this like Mm -hmm. sissy representation. I actually just watched one of these movies uh, two nights ago, uh, Some Like It Hot. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. the old Maryland movie. It's a great film. It's a great film. Yeah. And it's, you know, kind of presenting these sex, these unsexed, like, sexless, humorous, kind of Mm -hmm. cross-dressing, femme-presenting, assigned male-at-birth characters. Um, And kind of, they're kind of the butt of, they're humorous, but they're also kind of the butt of the joke. You know, it's not the most flattering portrayal. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of progress into having more true representation of, like, queer characters, but they're always portrayed as, like, the villain. Well, you went from, you make a good point, because part of the trajectory uh, in in, uh, film and in media in general has been, this is where my journalism degree comes into play, (laughs) because we used to talk about this in media all the time. But uh, part of the... uh, trajectory has always been um, either a thing wasn't talked about at all right and that's sort of where we start and then when it is talked about usually like you said uh, the queer character is the butt of the joke and that sort of invites a level of comfort with mm-hmm. the audience but it is also still disparaging in a way well, and those then people even, weren't writing for themselves either exactly they weren't or it was occasionally a writer sort of trying to fit themselves mm-hmm. in, into there but this is the only structure that they could do it within okay. that was sort of safe for them to do yeah. and and then as a society, we go from some like it hot to Buffalo Bill. Right. And that's sort of the trajectory that we went down. And then it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't until recent years that we got any kind of positive representation of like a trans person. Because if you're talking mm, about right. some like it hot and then you're talking about Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. there's an illusion. I mean, the character in some like it hot is not trans at all. It's a cis straight guy who just cross dresses for yeah. purposes of accomplishing I forget whatever <laughs> but uh, and uh, but sort of kind of vaguely representative of a trans uh, right. trans aesthetic 
And then you go to Buffalo Bill, who's a psychotic, you know, serial murderer, and that sort of thing. And then that becomes the image for a long time. And then I don't know how many movies there and were. And then cruising and like all of these really intense movies mm-hmm. that are just like they're queer films, but they're horror movies. You they're know? horror films, and they're about serial killers yeah. and that sort of thing. And and okay. the the gay person is either ancillary or dangerous, right? Definitely. And that's sort of what. And it, it takes feels a like. really long time before there's a, you know an on screen kit. Okay, so. Marlena Diedrich, like, does kiss women. Oh, she does. And stuff. But then, you know, you have... In a men's suit, too. Right. Mm -hmm. I know. Huge style icon. But they also... uh, That's when they pass, like, all the laws saying that, like, queerness can't be portrayed in films. Mm -hmm. So the whole industry has to take a turn in uh, and, you know, start writing for, um, you know, subtlety because... If if it wasn't literally in the script, it Mm -hmm. couldn't get nixed. But then they'd have to... Learn how to communicate with through body language and like nonverbal communication, these same ideas. So it was interesting how things got, you know, creative and to work around like the laws restricting the representation. Mm-hmm. But then also like the villainous portrayals and such a long time before any positive portrayals or like a healthy on screen kiss or family representation happens. Stuff is also recent. So it Very was interesting recent. seeing, you know, the different people that were inter- interviewed in the documentary. I forget his name, but one of them was the husband. Husband to Robin Williams in The Birdcage. And he was saying that, like, Nathan Lane. Lane. Nathan Lane. Yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. Someone else from that movie. But anyway, he was just saying, like, as someone who identifies as a sissy, like, in some Like It Hot and stuff, like, yeah, that wasn't a flattering portrayal. But for me, for them, they were saying, representation at all costs I'd rather see that than see nothing right well, that's true. and not everyone would agree with that which no, is most, totally a valid, lot of right? people would have would take issue with that particular yeah. argument but I tend to agree with that general sentiment like I know as a kid I, I loved Ursula Oh, yeah. I loved Ursula. I had, as a child, no idea what was being referenced. I didn't know who Divine was. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what she was talking about half the time. But I just know aesthetically, yeah. Ursula like was the most fabulous thing I ever saw. She was so embodied and, and so and herself, so, like, and so everything. feeling herself every yeah. moment. And she, everything she said, like she just enjoyed every line delivered yeah. was like pure pleasure for her. Yeah. You know, and there was something so exciting and fun about that. So we find very odd ways to kind of find yeah. ourselves in media totally. in that way. Disclosure is another documentary that's really relevant to this topic mm-hmm. just as a and there's there. one there's a special uh, I believe it's like a six part special that Apple TV actually did on uh, queer representation mm. in in uh, television. Hmm. Okay, we're gonna we'll compile these yeah. and yes. we'll have a little we'll have a little list for people. Mm-hmm. And that was very episode. well done actually. It was very very that. good so but worth yeah. a watch. Mm-hmm. With what you mentioned about Buffalo Bill, though, you know, I, um, as Dana will mention, uh, I'm a big, huge, huge fan of horror. Uh, It's a huge part of my life. And a lot of what I found in that was the space to, like, embrace and revel in the kind of gore of expression that a lot mm. of these characters are because there are so so many trans characters depicted as murders you touch on an interesting thing in specifically in media it's the oftentimes yeah sure there's an incredibly problematic history of like the villainous gay you know it, we all understand that we know that there's also no character 
that has more joy or pleasure mm-hmm. sort of in just being than like the villainous like Jafar like right. there's nobody who enjoys himself more <laughs> in that film than yeah. he does you know what I mean and there's something sort of so fabulous like I, I was thinking of Sleeping Beauty recently mm-hmm. and I thought to myself why the hell does she care about that little girl you know, I'm not going to say that word. Because yeah. it's like, uh, she's the fabulous one. Mm-hmm. I want to be her. I want to be it's the her queen. Her Yeah, I was like, I want to be the queen. Yeah. Fuck Snow White. Yeah, right. Plain basic bitch hanging out with dwarves <laughs> all day like I give a shit. I, I want to be the out. queen, bitch. Yeah. That's where it's at. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think it's not always easy to, like, embrace your queendom and, like, not let, like, the next young thing bother you. You know, and I, I know. think that's part of what you know what we're all talking about is kind of like people projecting people's sexuality on their outfit it's based on their own insecurities it's totally based on their own insecurities and assumptions and i think that what we're really kind of getting at when we're asking the question what is a square a queer um aesthetic a square aesthetic (laughs) that's a different thing what is a queer aesthetic is um there's an element of being an outsider looking in which i think is of great value in society and there's an element of fear well, and that otherness, I think, leaves a lot of room, you know, in the jewelry that we offer, people have these reactions that seem sort of similar to like a villainous reaction mm-hmm. of uh, seeing a blade or something with a sharp edge. And yeah. they read that uh from a fear-based kind of place mm-hmm. when maybe that's not the intention at all and maybe it's something that feels empowering and protective and so I think that's it, yeah, really and the it's, dynamic. And it's mm-hmm. societal and cultural too. I grew up in Germany. What do you, is this really our lead in for today's know, episode? I don't know, it's your go. Where do you We're really going to talk about go. Osprey. You do your lead You know how we um, ensure that we never get a sponsor again for anything? <laughs> By talking about Osplay. You know, that's not true. There's a lot of people who would sponsor Osplay. It's just a, a smaller market. I think so. Of mm. people. I, I think it would be a niche situation. 